another special edition of the Velo Chumps podcast, where we talk to unenthusiasts who watched Unchained. This week, we talked to Josue Cortez, who was nice enough to watch the Netflix Tour de France Unchained docuseries and tell us what he thinks about it. Now, Josue is not only not into bike racing, but he doesn't even have a bike and is not into riding bikes at all. But that makes him the perfect person to tell us if the Netflix Tour de France Unchained production crew was able to make a docuseries that would captivate the heart of non-cycling fans and make them interested in cycling and bike racing. So let's check in with Josue. Josue Cortez, welcome to the Velo Chumps podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, so for the listeners out there, Josue and I, we go back a long time. You know, Sway, I was just thinking, uh, it's been about 20 years since we first met. And that means in a few years here, it'll be, we'll have known each other longer than we haven't. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's it's funny how that works out. Right? man. Good times, good times though. Yeah, in my man. mind, I'm still in my 20s, so we good. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> but you know, your body says otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, we're here today to talk about some cycling, and uh, the reason we have you on and the reason you agreed to come on is you were nice enough to watch the Tour de France Unchained docuseries on Netflix, and uh, before we get into all that though, why we're talking to you is because you assured me that you are not a cycling fan you're not into cycling at all and we want to get some uh some perspectives from non-cycling enthusiasts like my only cycling that i've ever done is like popping a wheelie on a beach cruiser when i was like (laughs) 14 and that didn't work out so well (laughs) yeah so just some context here so when's the last time you rode a bike at all oof does the stationary one at the gym count? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, man. But, but yeah, no, outside. You haven't rode a bike outside in a while, huh? No, it's been many, many years. All right. And and I assume you haven't watched a bike race on TV, maybe ever. That would be correct. Okay. So even when Lance was in there, you weren't really you didn't really even get into it back then, you know? No, you know, my my world uh in South Central LA didn't include a lot of uh <laughs> cycling yeah okay well that's perfect that's perfect that's exactly what we need so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself because you're not a cycling fan but why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and maybe some of the sports or other activities that you are into just so they understand the perspective you have and where you're coming from sure absolutely so um my name is Josue Cortez I'm 46 years old now um born and raised in south central Los Angeles grew up in the Inland Empire uh, I played football, baseball, wrestling, and boxed. But um, so most of my athletic uh, adventures have been in those sports, and the majority of it has been in football. So I played a little bit of football in college as well, but uh, nothing with cycling, man. So that's, yeah. that's just a little bit about me. But you're still like a fan. Like you watch football games, you watch other professional sports, you get into it, right? Absolutely, yeah. I, I make it a point to. Uh, go to at least uh, one or two games, whether it's football season, baseball season, uh, mm-hmm. to actually go and see the games live. So, yep. Awesome. Oh, and poker right. too, man. Poker's a sport too. We did that yeah, for man. a long time. 
We yeah, we we did that a little bit, a little bit here and there. You know what I mean, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. So that's where you're coming from. You're not into racing, bike racing. You don't even ride bikes. But I I you know I reached out to you and I said, hey man, you want to watch this this Netflix series? So when I said that, what went through your mind? Like, oh man, I want to watch some bike racing. This is ridiculous. Like, what what did you think when, I, when, when before going into it? What was your thoughts? Um, I thought. I thought I knew, you know, just from watching your Instagram and stuff like that, that that's something that like was really that you were really into. And so. Right. I, and I and knowing you and having your uh, engineering background, I'm like, OK, he's probably geeking out on these bikes and he wants me to like learn about bicycles. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's watch it. Let's watch yep. it. But it, it was strictly from a curiosity standpoint. Yep. yep. OK. Now. Just quickly, so I understand, because for the listeners, I have not talked to Josue about this series at all. So this is completely, there's this unstaged. I'm, you know, getting his take on it for the first time right now. So did you watch all of it or you watched a few of them or where where did you get to in the series? I, I got up to uh, episode five. Okay, so you watch one through five. Yes. Okay, perfect, perfect. So the first thing, the question I have is... Did you like this show? Yes, I was extremely um, taken back at the amount of number one fans that the sports has, mm -hmm. and and all of the different moving elements to support a cyclist. Like I never knew that. Like just watching it on TV, on like the all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. It was, it was mm -hmm. intense. Okay. So I'm not saying that like maybe, you know, you would have watched it or you would have went out of your way to watch it, but it's something that if, you know, if you'd stumbled upon it, you might have actually, even without me saying this might, maybe you would have like watched a few episodes. Just it did pique your curiosity then a little bit. Yeah. So like, you know, w with any good trailer, um, you'll watch just <laughs> about anything to see if it's going to pan out. But this one was really I just kept watching it and watching it, so it was it was really good. All right, cool. So, one of the things about this, have you ever watched the um, Drive to Survive series on Netflix about F1 racing, car racing? I did. I watched uh, a couple of those episodes as well. Okay. So, when that came out years ago, the first season, what it seemed to do was it generated excitement around F1 for people that weren't ever into car racing previously. And the people that made F1, that Drive to Survive, the production company, a lot of those same people in the same production company were involved in making this one. So one of the, you know, in the cycling world, in our little niche, you know, little internal bubble, we were thinking, oh, well, these same people that made Drive to Survive, they made this. So they might be able to create a series that's going to hook people that are not cycling fans, and that's going to help grow our sport and create you know excitement around cycling and we were kind of hopeful for that and you know to be honest there's a part of the reason that that's maybe even more important for us as cyclists than the formula one people is because if more and more people get into cycling and understand what professional cyclists do and find it you know something interesting or they find it valuable that can translate into more people when they see someone riding a bike on the side of the road. They're not like, get the hell out of my way. I'm going to buzz past you. You know what I'm saying? 
yeah, because absolutely. because you know a lot of times people have the perceptions like why is this guy out here in spandex get the hell out of my way <laughs> and you know what i mean you can create that can create a dangerous situation for us sometimes right so so for us there was a lot of excitement about it so what we're you know what i want to know i'm glad that you said it was it, that you liked it what i want to know about is like is is this show able to potentially you know hook people and get people interested in cycling so i guess for me the first question i would have you said you kind of mentioned you didn't really know what was what was behind supporting a rider right so if you want to elaborate maybe on that or tell me something else i'm interested in like what's something that you had no idea about when it comes to cycling before and now it you you learned it from this show and now you're like wow that's interesting and i kind of want to know more about that or or whatever you know like i didn't know there was positions on a team Mm -hmm. you know like like there's people that are the sprinters people that are like the what do they call it dominique's dominique's domestiques domestiques that That means helper that means helper in french yeah yeah and i was like that's the guy who like can grab the the water the bags whatever and take it up to the front and and so then then you have other people that are competing for like to win the whole the general the mm-hmm. what what's it called the yeah the general classification general the classification versus guys who are just out there trying to gun it and go all out and just get that one stage victory so mm-hmm. um, yeah man all of that stuff and then watching these the owners or or the managers following them in these cars with extra bikes you know like yeah. in case something happens yeah. i'm like dude i didn't know all that happened I was, that's yeah crazy. yeah that's cool so you know that being said is is that something where now that you saw this show did it pique your interest enough where you might be like you know what maybe i'll like tune into the tour de france coming up this year maybe i'll just check a few races out just to see what's going on you know is that something no. that you think uh you might actually do Absolutely, absolutely. I think that, uh, I mean, seeing how how much these guys just beat their bodies to like to the point of, like the ones that really kill me are, are the uphill ones when they're going uphill. Mm-hmm. It's like and they're just dying and their legs are dying. Like these guys are amazing athletes. So yeah, I would definitely watch that again. That's cool. So one of the things that um, you know, so you said you you said you didn't know there was positions. So you learned a little bit about the strategy. Another thing is that a lot of times, like I said, when when um, there's been studies that, you know, when a lot of times people see cyclists, it's when they're on the road like that, that kind of cycling. So we're not talking about mountain biking. We're not talking about people that are doing off road stuff, but it, road cyclists. A lot of times people, the way their encounter with them is cars. Right. And I, I sort in, in a car and I sort of mentioned that earlier. And there's been studies that people see them as kind of less than human because they see them as almost like an obstacle in their way versus a person. Right. And one of the things that this show tried to do and what we were we assumed it would and what it did try to do is create like human stories about these people. So it wasn't just a bike rider, but you actually got they took you into those people's homes and they told you a little bit about their um families and you know what they you know where they come from like that one dude with the goats you know what i mean so (laughs) (laughs) so like did you find that you were able to make any sort of personal connections with any of these bike riders where you know it created a little bit of like hey that one guy maybe i want to see how he individually does yeah i definitely did and and you know just to go back a little bit i've been guilty of that of like seeing <laughs> yeah. seeing the group out on the road and just like get out of my way you know I'm trying to get over here but uh, yeah no yeah like seeing 
the uh, the stories, the backstories. Uh, there's this one guy, um, I think he's one of the French guys who's like a little bit older in in the series, mm-hmm. and and he's the one who like does a lot of the the climbing. Yep. And goes up that his story is like okay, you know, I'm I'm one of the more seasoned dudes, but I still got fight in me, and like mm-hmm. for some reason I really associated with him. Like I attached myself to his his struggle, you know. And, uh, okay. So, yeah, I like I, I I was I found myself cheering for that dude like the whole time like come on come on go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that that was Thibaut Pino, and uh, a lot yep. of people a lot of people are a fan of his for a, a lot of the same reasons you just said, and a lot of people that are cycling fans, you know, that have been into cycling for a long time, they root for that guy, and he he was very successful. Uh, maybe like eight years ago, he had some really successful runs. And he kind of had like a down period in the last few years. He's won a few stages on races and or run a few races here and there. And people are like super excited for that guy. You know what I mean? But it's that's interesting that you, you know, you, you keyed in on that as someone that, you know, he's going to be in the tour this year. So he if, if part of the big part, uh, the big thing in that series is that he was like supporting. I don't know how what episode they talked about it, but I think in the I think it was the third episode. So he was supporting David Gadu, who was like kind of the newer, younger guy that was became the GC. He's a guy with the glasses when he's not riding. Yeah. And he was um, so Pino is probably going to be supporting him in in the tour this year. So you can like see that dynamic, you know, if if you if you tune in, you know what I mean. I definitely will. Yeah. That's cool. So, how about like something? I know you said okay, you got the positions. That was something different that you. Um, you didn't know about but was that maybe that was something you learned that you didn't know but was there something that just like blew your mind surprising like that was like totally unexpected that that i Uh, saw in this show i think the um when when they start talking the owners start talking and Mm -hmm. uh, i think there was one team who were like we are completely funded by like sponsors like Mm -hmm. if we don't win uh, we might not have a team next year or mm-hmm. uh, like it's about to go away. And so like just the the history and uh, some of these owners or, or managers, they would they would go back to like when they used to race and they would right. show clips of them. And it was like, OK, they have like this huge vested interest in making sure that these guys not only compete at a high level, but win. And then just just like I, I didn't realize that it was like a franchise, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's like mm-hmm. a big it's a, it's like a football team, you know, where you have all these owners mm-hmm. and people that it costs a lot of money to do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, like you said, you in the beginning, you weren't sure, like or you didn't understand how much went into it. But if you think about one of these teams, I mean, they have their mechanics, so they have to have a whole team of mechanics taking care of the bikes. They have to have what they call their soigneurs or swannies, which are the people that are doing the um, all of the things to, to help the, the riders out. Like they're creating the, or, you know, making the ride food and they're the ones handing the bottles out at the side of the road and they're giving the massages afterwards and like all the you know, cooking dinner for them and all of that stuff. Yeah. So they have like a whole support crew, you know what I mean? And they have to have nutritionists and doctors and, you know, it is like you said, it's like a it's like a whole franchise team. But what's fascinating and what you keyed in on is that they're making their money from sponsors because, you know, if you think about the NFL, right, they have massive TV contract, right? And 
we were even talking about this with within our normal podcast group with it or you know we are all into bike bike racing to some extent right and you know we said every sunday we might even get together we're all watching football games right and yep. but you know when the bike races are on like we don't even watch all the bike and we're we're like the fans right so we're not even watching that but then you know in football we're we're definitely watching every weekend if not going to the game then how are they going to create this and and then the other thing you got to remember is on a bike race they have 20 something teams in one race so it's not like you know you have one a football game on TV where you're generating x amount of revenue for two that it's two teams generating that revenue like here it's like you know you don't have as many viewers and it's 20 teams generating that revenue because you're not playing just one team versus another it's everybody all at once so what they end up doing is relying on sponsors and what's the what, what creates a challenge there is it's it's not very sustainable because i'll give you an example there's a uh you know they were talking about this ef team that the it was the first show that's the one you were talking about where the guy was saying yeah if they don't have the wins they could they could um lose the team right because they could Correct. lose the sponsors I mean, that was a little bit fabricated in that case, and I won't go into it with you, but there was a women's EF team, or there is a women's EF team, but they were called EF Education First, uh, or EF Tibco Silicon Valley Bank. So they were sponsored by Silicon Valley Bank. I don't know if you heard about this, but Silicon Valley Bank basically went under as a bank, like recently. Yep. Yep. And what that means is they don't have any money to sponsor this team anymore. And then the Tibco, the other one was a software company, and it's like, well, the Silicon Valley Bank was out, so they pulled out. So now the team didn't have any more sponsors. So it's sort of like unrelated to the team, whether they win or not. They actually had a really good season as a team, and but their sponsors went out of business, so or or yeah. pulled out. So it's like there's nothing they can do, right? So it's a totally different method of funding the team and it's it creates a lot of stress that you know football players don't have to worry about if their team is going to be able to pay the bills next month because it's a completely different uh you know it's a completely different system so that creates a whole nother level of stress for the riders that uh that doesn't exist in other sports you know yeah man that's that's tough you know last thing you should should be worrying about is your check bouncing (laughs) yeah exactly so so here's a specific question I have for you. Since you have zero context about this, you probably never heard of any of these people, right? Any of the people in the show, you never heard of them. Never. So in the very first episode, they talked about this guy, Fabio Jacobson. He was one of the sprinters for, um, at the time, uh, DeCunic Quickstep, or they were, no, they were Quickstep. They are just Quickstep that year, Quickstep Alpha Vinyl. So they talk about this guy, um, Fabio Jacobson, and they showed in that first episode that he was involved in a very serious crash in a previous season. And then you could actually tell if you looked at his face, it was like jacked, right? Jacked up, yeah. (laughs) And then it was, you know, talked about him coming back to race the Tour de France. So they showed that that crash like multiple times. like, And and they showed a few crashes, especially in the first episode. I think they created this like... um, you know, I don't know if it was for dramatic effect or what, but they, they they showed a bunch of crashes and tried to create the understanding that it's it's dangerous what what these guys put themselves through. So, like, how did you feel about that when you saw that situation where they kept showing this guy's face like fly into the 
to the side of that um yeah that thing you know i mean i when i first saw it i had to do the math real quick because you know they talk about how fast they're going but mm-hmm. these dudes are like doing 100 miles an hour on a bike sometimes when they're going well kilometers but oh yeah fast. oh kilometer fast. yeah fast super fast and uh to see that guy hit that thing and then go head over heels and just face first into this pose or the the barrier mm-hmm. off to the side and then him come back on the next you know uh screen and you see all the scars on his mm-hmm. face from the different you know surgeries and stuff it's just like he has to deal not only with the the mental aspect of getting back on that bike you know, we always talk about, you know, you fall and just get back on that bike. But this dude yeah. literally had to do that. You know, like <laughs> literally I busted up my face and now I got to get back on and, and do it again. So that that to me was it took a lot of guts big time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you saw like when we were talking about this among some of our cycling fans, we'll call it like people that are into cycling. When you saw the all of those crashes that they were showing, I mean. Was that surprising to you or because because we were kind of like, oh, you know, they why why are they focusing so much on the crashes? Because that creates a little bit of a, you know, whatever perception about cycling. But did that surprise you or did it make you like more excited about like, oh, this is cool or what? No, it it, it actually really frustrated me. The uh, the safety manager in me got, you know, like got all Uh all pissed off like why are they why are they not like spreading them out a little bit more like if it's if it's about <laughs> racing and who's the best at it why are they all bunched up and cra- like you know like i thought the name peloton was for a bicycle but then yeah. come to find out that's the actual group or that's you know mm-hmm. where the, the pack i guess is what they call it yeah and uh it's like why do they let them bunch up like that you know like and like at any second one little tire could hit the other one and everybody goes flying and so right. yeah it was a little a little frustrating for me you know being in the type of industry that i am where i'm like i just want to keep them all safe <laughs> yeah yeah well there's definitely some uh some complaints or some maybe you know potential like people are or feel like that the organizations don't do enough to guarantee rider safety but at the same time i mean cycling is by nature a risky sport and one of the things that makes it risky is like you said being in that peloton like that because they there's a there's an advantage so you know without going into all the physics of it when you ride your bike the biggest thing that's slowing you down is actually the wind resistance the air in front of you mm-hmm. So aerodynamics is super important. So like if you think about aerodynamics, you usually think about aerodynamics, you think about planes, right? Because yeah. in aero, in you know, aerospace type of industry, they're figuring out how do I, because if the plane is more aerodynamic, it's going to use less fuel and so on and so on, right? Well, it's very similar in cycling. If you're being more aerodynamic, you don't have to push your legs as hard to go as fast and you can save energy. That gives you more energy to win the race at the end, right? And one, the best way to save energy is to get right behind the other guy, because then that person is going to take all of the wind and then you're not actually having any wind resistance because you're right behind that guy. And then if if you're right behind one person then you think someone else gets right behind you now, they're getting double, you know, block wind blocks So whatever's hitting the second guy is not even hitting you. Right. So then if you just multiply that effect, when they all get bunched together, if you ever do it, it's fascinating. If you're in a big group, you can go way faster than you can by yourself just 
just because you have that aerodynamic dynamic benefit. So everyone tries to take advantage of it. So one of the things they have to do in the racing is get good at riding so close to each other. But like train. you said, from a safety perspective, it does create the risk that a little one little move could go wrong and it could create quite a problem. Right. You know, the other thing, now that you're talking about that, um, that was fascinating to me was all the uh, research and development, like that one mm-hmm. episode where the guy was like in a wind tunnel almost. And he was yep. wearing like this mm-hmm. weird looking helmet and yep. just to try to get some of that, you know, wind resistance, I guess. Yeah. So it literally was a wind tunnel like you would use for cars. And that's what they do because in they were I don't know how well they explained it, but that first stage was a time trial. And that means you ride by yourself. And what a time trial means is you're not in that pack. So you there's no strategy when it comes to, you know, am I going to get behind and draft behind that person and get there, let them cut the wind or am I going to attack and try to get by them? It's just purely like everyone rides the same course and by themselves. And is whoever finishes with the best time wins. So it's just a pure, you know, optimization problem. So what they do in that case is they have to be super duper aerodynamic. So they they will the guys that want to win those stages they will spend hours in that wind tunnel, perfecting their position and hold themselves in the most aerodynamic position. So yeah, I mean they didn't maybe they didn't explain it super duper good, but I mean it's the same thing with cars, right? When you look at race cars, they'll do the same thing. They'll take it to a wind tunnel and figure out the components, what's going to be the best aerodynamic for the for the components right so that's the same thing but in this case you actually have to hold yourself yeah. in that same position for the whole <laughs> way to to, to be, get the aerodynamic advantage right that was intense yeah for sure yeah so that that's kind of fascinating right so you know when you you know when you talk about you uh you know you see that and, and, and as the safety manager maybe you're you know you you, you want to keep those guys safe um what did you think about the guy in episode five that took all that time by bombing down that mountain, you know, going Whoa. on the downhill? I was that was probably the most intense episode because I I thought at any moment this dude's going to like wipe out. He's going to fall off the side of the cliff. But everybody was just like, I guess that was that's one of he was a very versatile um, mm-hmm. bike rider like he's done like mountain uh yep. like mountain biking going super fast like that and so that that dude was insane and he did he did he end up catching up to the guy at the bottom yeah oh, no, so he was on that, the guy who set it up yeah yeah in that particular stage he ended up getting to the catching everybody on the downhill and then he was in the lead group and then by the end of the stage he ended up winning yeah that was that was intense. Yeah, so that guy, and you know, in that that sort of situation, he probably was going in certain cases, you know, seventy to eighty miles an hour when in in the the fastest parts of it, right? Just because he was going all out to get to the get to the front of the race at that point, and uh, you know, it's not I something re- I'd be, I would even think of doing myself. <laughs> I, I remember saying to uh, my wife, "I'm like those dudes have." balls of steel <laughs> he's, yeah. wearing, he's wearing uh you know nothing no protection just on his head that's it yep and yeah and you know it, it is and you know sadly i know you probably aren't really like following the the cycling 
world very closely, even though you might have liked some of these episodes. But, you know, sadly, a few, I guess it was about a week ago now. They've, they, so right now, just so you understand where we are in the calendar, we're going into the tour, the new, new tour. So part of the reason they released this when they did is because it'll give people like you, uh, you know, a month, because it came out at the beginning ish of June, give you about a month to watch it. And then, bam, July 1st, the, the tour of next year starts. So okay. I think it was strategically like, okay, if we get you to a little bit interested in cycling, then you're ready to, to jump in. But that means that right now, in the, in the weeks previous, these guys are kind of doing like their tune-up races for the tour, right? So there's a, a race in France and a race in Switzerland. They're traditionally, they're like more like a one-week-ish race, eight days instead of the whole three-week. But it's sort of like... You know, they do it to like tune themselves up and sort of see where they're at and yeah. figure out if they may have to make any last minute adjustments before they go into the tour. Because the tour is the biggest race on the calendar for, for cycling. It's the one that pe like you probably even heard of the Tour de France before. You know what yes, I mean? That, yeah. Right. But unfortunately, in one of these these races, there was a downhill and there was a guy that tried to well, not try. I mean, whatever. They all had to go down the hill. But, you know, obviously in a race situation, they're trying to race and he actually went off the road and and was taken away in the hospital and ended up passing away the next day in the hospital wow. so you know like you're saying like you just like any moment this guy's gonna go off the cliff and it's not that it happens often but i mean could you imagine like remember when hamlin went down in that nfl game yeah and all of us were like oh my gosh if a player dies on, on an nfl field yeah like what is the league gonna do it's gonna be like like unprecedented major completely insane incident and like how is the league going to recover from that right well you know they didn't really finish the race really i mean it was like an eight-day race and i think it happened on the fifth day so they they kind of finished it but the people weren't really into racing racing it but like bike racing as a sport it's going on they're going to continue to race they're going to continue to the tour is going to go on you know what i mean and it's like yeah. It's a it's a weird scenario that that's it's not normal, but it just like, well, yep, that happened. So now we we all are extremely sad about it, but we're going to keep going. Yeah, man, I, I think <laughs> the the NFL would have probably made them all play in bubbles. Yeah, something, like, right? Or they would have yeah. made a big change anyway. There, there would have been a lot of talk about what needs to change, right? There yeah. would have been a lot of discussions and and, you know, like. Probably, you know, to be honest, you would have had politicians involved, I would assume, in the U.S. Like, how do we make sure that this type of thing never happens again and blah, blah, blah. You know, but in, in cycling, I mean, there's discussions, but it's not like it's not like everyone said, all right, we need to take a reset, figure out how to make this more safe. I mean, it's just, yeah, we're going to keep racing. So it's pretty wild, right? Puts Put some netting on the sides of them. Yeah, honestly, people talk, <laughs> people talk about that thing, but then everyone's, oh, yeah, you can't do that because it's on a public road. You know, it's it's just out on the road, blah, blah, blah. This can't. But but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, yeah, but you also can't have people dying during a race. That's also not something we can allow. We can't just do that. That's crazy, right? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's fascinating from that perspective, right? But, you know. So, so you said you might you might be interested in, in tuning into the tour because that that was the big thing. So, like, what would you now? So you never actually watched a race. You watch this, and now you don't even know who won the tour, right? So you so you got to finish right. it before the, the gotta, other tour yeah, starts. Yeah, I got to finish it. You know what I mean? 
but I guess for me, it's like, okay, does this translate into a um, a fan potentially, or not even so much a like a hardcore fan? It's not like you're going to be like me, but as someone who is like can appreciate racing a little bit, maybe if they see it on TV, they're like, oh yeah, I can watch this, right? But like for me, like what would have to happen? Like if you turn tuned in to watch a little bit of the Tour of France, like oh, I want to tune in now that I watch this show. What would have to happen? Like, what would you expect to see? Or, like, what would you like to see that would make you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in this sport? Does that make... I don't know if the question makes sense, but... No, definitely. I think that, you know, the um, the producers, the uh, the guys who, who made this show, um, if their intent was to, you know, try to gain some more fans for cycling, they definitely were able to accomplish that, at least with me because um it's very it's very exciting i mean the production behind it um all the preparation all the stories i think now being able just to watch a, a race on tv without all the netflix you know mm-hmm. preparation behind it i already I, I kind of like oh i remember that team oh like you know oh, i remember these people now mm-hmm. i can kind of see them from a from a regular fan's perspective knowing the history like i kind of relate that to like football right like if Mm -hmm. you have to know your your team's history to appreciate what's going on with them right now Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna let you in on a little something obviously for netflix they made it very dramatic yeah more than maybe but could you, you could imagine if they made a documentary about the dolphins right i mean they would be some very dramatic parts right but you know in in every football game there's some parts where you're just kind of like okay this is kind of boring right now right Yep. And yep. but but you know as well as I do so I, that if you get like someone who's not from the US and they never watched football before, right? And you sit them down, maybe you've done this in your life. You sit them down in front of a football game and they start watching and they're like, "Why do these guys stop in every 5 seconds? Yep. What's going on? <laughs> this is boring." Right? Right? Yeah. But but then you can explain some of the strategy and what's going on and you explain a little bit of what these teams are trying to accomplish, then they start to get it. Okay, now I can start to see it a little bit, right? But if you're not used to it, you're just like, okay, that guy just ran the ball and they all fell down and now they stopped. Now I got to wait another 40 seconds for anything to happen? Like, what? this is boring. What the hell's going on? Especially if you get someone who's a soccer fan, they're like, whoa, it's soccer, the action never stops, and now you want me to watch this. This is stupid, right? This is not football. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> So, you know, in in obviously with this Netflix thing, they put some of the most dramatic parts on the screen and then but there's a lot of parts that lead up to those dramatic parts that they that they don't show that you would have to sit through if you were a cycling if you were watching a race on TV, right? And you know as well as I do from a, from a football perspective, sometimes the teams will set up a bigger play later and you can kind of see it coming. So you're even watching like okay, now they're they're just running the ball, they're running the ball you know they're going to do a play action at some point. You understand the, what the team... So even though they're just running the ball up up the middle and it looks boring, you know they're setting something up. And then as soon as they pull that play action and it works and they pick up, you know, 50 yards, you're just like, it's super exciting, right? Yeah. So, you know, with racing, it's the same thing where you have certain things going on in the middle of the race that are not that exciting. But if you understand the strategy... You can kind of say, all right, I see what they're trying to do. This is interesting. And then when the move happens, when the big move happens, it's exciting. So I don't know how much they explained of that in Netflix in the series, and they probably didn't. But I guess for me, if you turned on a race and you're just like, 
well, this is this is boring. Like, why am I watching this? Is that something where, like, if the race is very different from what you see on the screen, is that something where you're going to be like, well, this is not what I expected. I'm just going to turn this off. You know what I mean? Uh, I think I think personally for me, <clears throat> I, I would probably still watch it only because like my curiosity is already peaked, you know, like I, I've already okay. invested the time into learning about this. And like and it's kind of like when I picked up golf. You know, like okay. you watch golf on TV and it's like, yeah. why are these people watching this on TV? Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, I go out and play golf with my buddies and, you know, we have a couple of drinks on the golf course. We talk about this or or now I'm actually going to the driving range. I'm actually mm-hmm. learning, learning how to improve my game. And so when yep. you're watching it on TV now, it's like, OK, I, I, I see what they're doing. So it's, it's kind of like. I, I kind of feel like it, it'll be the same with that. Like, I might even go get a bike. I don't know about these, you know, 70-mile-an-hour <laughs> yeah. bikes, but something that I, at least my big butt can get on and uh, pedal down the street. So, But, yeah, that was actually the next thing I was going to ask you is, is that something where it maybe even would motivate you to even just, like, ride a bike around the neighborhood now that you've kind of, like, get into this a little bit, you know? Yep, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm 46 years old. I work a lot and have mm-hmm. every excuse under the, the sun to not live a healthy lifestyle. But, you know, <laughs> man, I, I, I feel like uh, this can have come at a better time. And like I'm trying to get a little bit more active and, and just seeing these guys. And, um, you know, it's motivating me to try to get out there and, and and get some exercise. See, that's good. Now, obviously, you know, what these guys do is extreme. And, you know, they, they mentioned that in the one episode where the guy basically tore a muscle in his leg, you know, and they're, the coach, you know, the DS, the di- director sportif, like kind of like the coach guy was kind of like, yeah, man, but, you know, let, let, just go out there tomorrow. Let's see how yeah, it goes, right? do it again. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, Until he couldn't like, move right. anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's sort of this expectation. And, these, you know, and then these guys, they're going out and doing it like – you know, when I do a ride that's not not even like intense like what they're doing, and obviously I'm not trying to say that I'm out like comparing me, but my point is like I rode over 100 miles on Saturday, and then on oh, I'm sorry on Sunday, and then on Monday I was like, uh, I'm just gonna sit in the um, uh, my <laughs> recliner all day. That's what I'm gonna do today, you know. <laughs> but these guys ride this long you know, these long rides with these crazy mountains and then they wake up the next day and do it again, you know? That's so, insane. Wait, you, you know, rode a hundred miles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not really abnormal. I just I'm just not doing that like every day for three weeks, you know what I mean? Wow. Wow. <laughs> but I guess my point is what these guys are doing is intense. It's not like you or me even are gonna get out and do the same kind of thing they're doing. But at the end of the day, I mean, they are just riding a bike, which is something, you know, hopefully we all get a chance to do as kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Just get out there, yeah. pedal, and move yourself from here to there. I will uh, pedal down the street and have a pickup take me the rest of the 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fine, dude. Well, I'll tell you what, though. One of the things that's cool is you get on a bike and ride it, and it's like, okay, yeah, you're getting some exercise, but it's nice being outside. And then, you know, I'll be honest, bro, what we do, like last night, we rode, I mean, it was kind of long. We rode like 40 miles, but there's like 20 miles away, let's call it-ish, from where we live. There's this little bar. So on Wednesdays, they have wings night, and they have a special, right? So we'll ride down 20 miles, 
bunch of us, get some wings, have a few beers, hang out, just chill down in the patio that they have out there, and then ride our bikes home. So that can be something you could get into, I bet. You know what I mean? It's not just like it has to be like an exercise workout. It's like, hey, let me let's ride down and uh, grab a it's few cold ones with the buddies and then ride back, you know? As long as there's no uh, DUIs for biking and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to be, you know, you got to be responsible, right? You know, you know what I mean? I got you. No, that's, yeah, definitely. That sounds fun, man. Yeah, so there, there can be fun. So, you know, and for, for a lot of us, that if you're riding, it's just like you said with golf, right? Once you started playing it and even just trying to hit the ball straight, right? You're trying to understand the technique, right? Then when you watch it on TV, you have a different, you know, you have a different appreciation for what they're doing, right? Absolutely. So for us that we ride, you know, we ride our bikes and we understand what they're doing out there. And it's like superhuman to us because we're like, oh, my God, when you we know if we tried to do what they were doing, we would just like explode and, and it would just be, you know, it wouldn't work. We would, couldn't do it. Right. So that that's also something like, you know, if you're watching a football game, you watch some of the 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 plays these guys are able to make and you can relate to that because you've done it. Yeah. Right. And you're just like, wow, that's impressive. And it, it creates a little bit of more excitement for you. So I would, I would recommend, you know, just get on the bike and pedal a little bit and understand like, you know, yeah, how fast yeah, you're man. going. And then you're like, Oh my God, what these guys are doing is like ridiculous. You know? Yeah. I think you hit, you hit the, you hit on something there. That's key is like the reason why at 46 years old, I'm still fascinated by football is because I did it, you know, I played mm-hmm. it for, mo- for most of my life. And the more sports or the more new things that I try, I get more and more involved and, and want to become good at it. Because it's, you know, we're just, I'm competitive in nature. Right. So right. I think if, you know, picking up a uh, cycling would be something that, that, that I, so, I could possibly get into for sure. I give you I give you two two tidbits on this. One is the cycling is going to be a little bit more um, better from a, a health perspective and from a, a fitness perspective than golf. Okay, so it will be right, but <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: if you're already into golf, you know golf can be expensive, right? I mean, you know, you got to buy the clubs. And then, you know, the thing with golf is, is the is the green speeds. I mean, if that stuff adds up, man. When you start trying to go and playing like multiple times a week, all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is this is getting expensive. Right. But I'll tell you something. I don't know if you really if people if you want to try to afford golf and cycling, because cycling is very expensive. Really? <laughs> it seems like it shouldn't be because at least the, with the cycling is free. You can just go out and ride whenever you want. You don't have to pay for that. Right. But yeah. man, like you get into it and all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I got to buy this. Now I got to buy that. Like if you think about it, like, oh, I got to buy a bike. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I have to buy a pump for my bike because I need to pump up the tires. Oh, and I got to buy a helmet because I need to have a helmet. Oh, and I got to buy these shorts with pads in them because if I just sit on the, the seat without the pad, it's uncomfortable. Oh, and then there's like a million things like that. And all of a sudden you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm just saying like, you know, be careful from that perspective. But. It will be. It will. It will be better for your fitness than, than golf. Yep. Yep. And we we gotta get we gotta get it right. Yeah, man. We gotta get back back in shape, brother. Sweet. So, anything else, man? Anything else about that show that we haven't touched on that, that struck you that you wanted to mention, or just about cycling in general? 
to me, uh, just it gave me such a big appreciation for the preparation that these guys go into. Like there was a couple of episodes where they actually like opened up their their suits and you could see their physique and there's like mm-hmm. zero body fat on these guys. It's <laughs> like, you know, like and then the the eating after the races and how everything is just, you know, very meticulous and how much they eat and how much they drink and even when they're handing them out the drinks, okay, do you want the caffeine one or not the caffeine one or like, you mm-hmm. know, like all that stuff. It's because it's every it makes just a big difference. So just I'm I appreciate the the uh, meticulous preparation into how you know just to be able to create that type of athlete is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Well, I, that's cool that you picked up on that because I mean, for us, it was just it's just normal. That's what we expect, right? But now yeah. that you say that, it is it is fascinating, and that's pretty cool that you you picked up on that, and it was something that made you feel maybe interested in the sport and something that you know maybe they won't show all that on TV, but that like, you know it's happening now. So maybe when yeah. you're watching, if you do watch a race, you're like, oh, I, all of this went into it, and that yeah. might create a different perspective for you, and you know it might be interesting. But you know what? I do like that you you kind of mentioned about the uh, the positions. That's a kind of a cool way to put it. I didn't think of it that way because if you think about a, you know, if you think about a football team, if you don't know anything about football, you see a lineman next to a wide receiver, and you're like, how do these two people play the same sport? That doesn't make any sense, right? Right, right. <laughs> but then as soon as you know that they have a specific role on the team, and their 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 goal is different, you know, they have very different roles, and then it makes sense of why one looks the way they do and the other one looks the way they do, right? And it might be interesting to find, you know, catch up with you later and be like, hey, now that you understand that there's positions in a cycling team, just say, hey, did you did you notice any of that going on? Because for me, once you for me personally, once you understand that strategy, because, you know, if you think about like you probably thought about cycling is like it's just whoever can pedal the hardest. Exactly. Right. But in fact, when you notice that all there's all this strategy and you have certain people that have certain roles on the team it creates all of this that's what makes the watching the race exciting because it's not just about who can pedal the hardest that's not that's not it at all there's all these different players in the different positions doing all these different roles to at the end have the team win so it might be interesting to see if you were able to catch pick up on any of that in a race and if it found if you found it interesting or not that would actually be cool to me as a follow-up after the fact to say hey you watch the series, you, you picked up on these things, you picked up on the preparation. It's, you know, cause if you think about you played football, you had a whole week to prepare for your game. Right. Yep. So you probably had all of the film review. You had all of the, the specific practice you were doing. You had the scouting where they said, Hey, this is how we're going to attack this particular team's weakness. And, you know, then you had your obvious, like your normal, like fitness training, you had all that stuff. Right. So the cycling teams have the same thing. They have their strategies on what they're trying to do. And then you also picked up on the different positions. So to put all that together, it might be fascinating to see if that gives you a completely different perspective. And you say, you know what, this is, this is actually kind of cool. I'd be, I, I would like to follow up. Yeah, for sure. You know, before I let you go, is that the one that came to mind right now was um, they had a goal, and then I think the guy had a crash, and mm-hmm. so he stayed stayed behind with him. But then he was like, you know what? I can win this thing. And he took off. <laughs> you remember what's like, you know which one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He, he was just like, uh, and then they kept going back to the managers like, oh, this guy's not following the, the plan or he's not following yeah. the plan. Yeah. But 
he was just like, man, I'm not going to sit here and wait for this dude. I'm off. I'm gone. <laughs> That you know that that reminds me of like when a when a quarterback you know shakes off the coach and he runs yep. his own play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all, that kind of stuff happens. Now I will say that I think that they over dramatize that part a little bit. But you're right. I mean that sort of thing. Actually, there's there's a, there's one team, uh, movie star. They're um, they're like um, I think they're from Spain, but they're they're a Spanish language team. You know, so if you're if you're interested, you should check out this other documentary called. It's called the um, the least expected day, el día menos pensado, but it's a Spanish okay. actual. It's in Spanish, and then they put subtitles because it's about this team movie star. But they are like, if you watch that show, there's times when the the plan they're like, hey, this is what I need you to do, and the writer just yells back like, I'm not doing that. And it's like, <laughs> they're like a dysfunctional team, you know what I mean? They're like it's a telenovela <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like that. So. You you might like that. It might be it might be up your alley, man. So sounds good. But I'm bro. glad. I'm glad to hear. So you know what what I'm the most th- the, I'm most glad to hear that you were not like man. I watched this show and it was garbage. I don't even know what you why why you even like this. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm glad because we are hoping that we would get a few more fans anyway. And it, to be completely honest, at least we would get a few more people to appreciate what they do and not be like, oh, get the hell out of my way. I'm on the road. I'm going to just like buzz you. You know what I mean? At least we might get that. So I hope, I I, I think it's good what you're saying. You definitely got that with me, brother. Perfect, man. Well, I I really appreciate you coming on taking the time, A, to watch the show. I appreciate that. And then B, coming on and talk to me about it. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely follow up with you after, you know, when the tour comes on. And and I give you this, if the tour comes on and you, you watch a little bit, and you're like, man, I have a question. This doesn't make any sense to me. This isn't what I expected from watching it. You know, just hit me up, man. I'll, I'll talk you I'm through gonna it. I'm going to call you. So that way, call, <laughs> yeah, call me, man. Yeah, All I'll right, talk brother. you through it. All right, man. Sounds cool. Good, cool. Well, we'll be in touch then. Hit me up. I'll talk to you. Signing off. All right, man. Thanks. Peace. Later. enjoyed that special episode of the Velo Chumps podcast. So if someone like Josue, who's not into racing at all, can have all of those cool insights and seem like he's into it and prepared to watch the Tour de France, then even if you're not into racing, I think you can too. So I would encourage you to check out the Tour de France Unchained docuseries on Netflix. Check it out in the next few days, hopefully before the tour starts, and maybe you'll just find yourself to be a new fan come July. Hopefully we can continue doing things like this and bringing on guests to the show, but only if all of you out there will subscribe to the show, give us a rating and review, tell your friends about it, help grow our audience. We would really appreciate it. Hey. Have you even been listening to what I've been saying? I've been talking to you for the last 10 minutes.